Shut up and sit down. Hi everyone, Mike Prada here. In case you missed it, Limited Upside went live this week. We did a live show with Dan Rubenstein, Ben and I, for uh, Facebook Live right after the Trade Day Line buzzer sounded at 4 p.m. In case you missed it live, we're here now to replay it for you in this week's episode of Limited Upside. Enjoy. Good afternoon, NBA fans everywhere. Today is the trade deadline, or rather was the trade deadline at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on Facebook Live, be sure to like the page. Like SB Nation NBA. If you're watching this on YouTube Live, like it, subscribe. We're all very grateful. We have all sorts of excellent and plentiful content coming constantly. But this was a hugely mediocre NBA trade deadline. I'm joined by Mike Prada, SB Nation NBA editor, and, of course, co-host with Ben Epstein of our NBA podcast, Limited Upside. So I will start with this. Ben, as your first appearance on SB Nation's <laughs> Thanks, Live. He's, Prada's a seasoned veteran. Who do you think won as much as anybody can win because of their activity uh, leading up to the trade deadline? Sure. So involving actual activity, yes. making moves happen. I think Detroit's the clear winner from the last couple days, not just today's deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they made the first big move, the first kind of chip to fall was Tobias Harris yesterday. Yep. I think in moving Tobias Harris, uh, Orlando kind of got rid of some of the, one of their many shooters who can't really play, and Detroit needed that guy to kind of be the... Uh, Kind of I the thought right, you were going to say shooters who can't really shoot. Shooters, yeah. well, shooters who can't really shoot, for yeah. sure. And, and Detroit, Detroit yeah. needed the guy to kind of compliment Drummond. We know what Drummond's strengths right. are. We also know what his weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris is a good yin and yang combination there, I think. They also were able to get rid of a redundant point guard piece in Jennings in yep. that deal. Someone who kind of had paid his dues for Van Gundy or for Detroit in that matter. Come back from his injury, showed he had some value left. And so they were able to move him. They also didn't have to get rid of, I believe, a first-round pick in that situation, which a lot of other picks, Tobias, or other players in this trade deadline, right. first-round picks were obviously valuable. They were able to get Harris without moving them. So I look at Detroit as one of the clear winners. They also brought in Monte Yunus mm-hmm. from Houston in a separate If healthy, field, is a quality piece. And can help them next year, even. Right. You know, it's one of those things where not every trade you make right now has to be for right now. It can also be called Will Barton from last year. Really helped Denver this year, right. which is part of a flawless trade last year. So I thought that was good. And then also bring in Marcus Thornton, little heat check guy. Sure. He can gun it the same way Jennings did for him already. All right. Is there, in terms of future assets, a team that won the trade deadline? Not necessarily bringing in a player who can contribute now, mm-hmm. but down the line, draft picks, whatever. Anybody win that for you? Uh, You know, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I think that Phoenix did a great job of kind of making sure that they were able to get something here. They're not Mm -hmm. building for this year. We know that. We'll get into the trade they made a little later. Mike's Wizards are involved with that. Mm -hmm, We'll mm -hmm. let him stew on that a little bit. But I I definitely think it's interesting when you can get a first-round pick, put the protections where you like it so that it does qualify this year. They have a much better case for the draft, which is the next step for that franchise now. And they they maybe get two lottery picks. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on Detroit. Mm -hmm. I'm not totally wild about the price they gave for Monty Yunus, but Tobias Harris, that's a home run trade. Also because he's under contract for three more years at a really good number, and he can grow with that core. Conversely, I think the biggest loser of Mm -hmm. this trade deadline is Orlando. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that for if you're Orlando, so much full circle going on with Scott Skiles. So much full circle. Takes two guys that they. I think there are two problems. One, this is what happens when you have expectations that are out of line, I think, with where you're at. They want to make the playoffs. They rush this trade. I don't understand why you would trade Tobias Harris for that 
If I mean, if you're going to resign him, yep. why trade him for that? You right. obviously want something more. Concrete, it's been yeah. it's been said. Markeith Morris goes for a first round pick. Danaz Montiunis goes for a first round pick. Yep. Jeff Green goes for a first round pick. How mm-hmm. does Tobias Harris not go for a first round yeah. pick? Lance is gone. If Doc was the GM of every team, everybody would go for a first round That's pick. That's true. <laughs> this is true. They everybody just, gets a first round pick. You get a first round pick. That's <laughs> they right. Sh- they should have traded with the Clippers. That's right. And then the other thing is they're trying to clear all this money now for uh, to have cap room. I think they have yeah. enough for two max contracts next mm-hmm. summer. That's all well and good, but the entire league has cap room. Right. And I guess I don't understand why this is the summer they are going for this. I guess their logic is we have Florida, we have nice weather, but just last summer Paul Millsap turned down more money from them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the team is in a significantly better spot winning-wise than they are right now. I mean, nope. maybe that's an addition by subtraction move. Now, Orlando's kind of had the back tires in the mud now for four or five years where at some point you feel like it's going to come out of that rut, but they're mm-hmm. unable to fully push out of it. And some of it's the redundancy in the players, right. which they're addressing right now. Some of it's the coaching turnover. Kind of the idea that when you want to win with a bunch of young lottery picks, ultimately maybe that doesn't work out, and then you have to decide who you're going to trade. And, and that's if kind of none of them at. are any superstar potential young right. lottery picks, they're all kind of decent. And so to me, that that's a clear loser. And then the other team that I'm nervous about, Here it is. I think we disagree a little bit. I like this. I'm nervous about what the Wizards did to get Marquise <laughs> Morris. I think there's a lot of logic to what they did. Mm-hmm. He's a talented player. He definitely fills a position of need. He's got a good contract. Mm-hmm. They, I think, still have enough room to make a big signing with him. Okay. But I think the price was very high. I think first-round picks are very valuable in this new climate, especially because the cap's going up. That's right. But the first-round you know, first pick scale is staying the same. That's the loophole here. Yeah. That is. To me, to me that's, a, that's a potential lottery pick if they don't make the playoffs. Yep. And Markeith Morris is, you know, just kind of had a rough year. And is that the guy you want to gamble on at well, this so, point? So is your biggest issue here what they gave up, the what actual pieces that moved in the trade, or Markeith Morris, the basketball player? Oh, well, I think it's connected, right? Okay, I sure. think every trade you're taking a risk on some level. Mm-hmm. And I think the best trades are the ones that in different ways minimize that risk. So you look at, or, at Detroit getting Tobias Harris. That might not work out. Right. But they didn't give up that much to do it. They have right. great cost certainty. And while he's had... Trouble on the court. It's all accounts. He's a good guy, someone who's committed to improving. If it doesn't work, it's not because of a character flaw. How old is he? Tobias Harris. Uh, Morris. Sorry. He's you know mid twenties. I forget exactly what it is. Right. But you know, Markeith Morris demanded a trade. Yeah. Is involved in assault charges. Mm-hmm. Has pouted <laughs> his way the entire year. Yeah. To me, this is. This is another example with the Wizards of kind of outsized expectations. They yeah. they feel like they have to make the playoffs. Sure. And so they make a move that to me carries, it could work very well, but to me carries a lot of risk. Right, and that's what me, makes me nervous. Let me jump in right here. Who are your winners and losers of inactivity? Who are you expecting more from in terms of actual movement? I'll jump Let's in start with, with a winner real quick. Yes. Because I think the losers are a little bit larger names here, a little higher profile. Mike, you could tackle that. I think Boston's a winner here. I know there are a lot of Boston fans. Sorry, Boston. I apologize <laughs> for calling you a winner, I guess, because you didn't make a trade. But I think they are winners. They're sitting on uh, the largest cache of assets in the entire world of sports, mm-hmm. any level of any sport professionally. So it would almost behoove them to kind of see what those can equal in a fair market, which is not what the NBA trade deadline right. is. It was, it, it was a seller or a buyer's market. It was a seller's market. It kind of fluctuated over and over until nothing happened. So I think those picks have a lot more value either translating. These are the Brooklyn picks, their pick, mm-hmm. the Mavericks pick. I mean, they're not going to draft all of them, but there are moves, and we see this all the time, that get made to build, at the yeah. actual draft that mm-hmm. are usually a lot larger in scale. Mike, your inactivity, winners or losers, who jumped out to you? I think there are two. One, as a team, 
I think Atlanta lost by not cashing in on some of their players. I, I understand why they didn't. That's a tough team to break up in that market, which mm-hmm. has had so much trouble with fan support. Mm-hmm. But I think there was a window here where everybody thinks they're a buyer that they could have gotten something for Al Horford or Jeff mm-hmm. Teague. And ultimately, I think there are too many. This is another example of like kind of where where are you? Yep. That team's not winning a title. If you're just thinking in terms of basketball, that's a good time, I think, to move on. Obviously, they didn't get the offers they wanted, but mm-hmm. I imagine that the offers they thought they were going to get are higher than the threshold I think they should have accepted. Mm-hmm. I would have started to move on if I were them. And then the player losers, Dwight Howard. I yeah. think this is a, you know, I understand a lot of teams were nervous about acquiring him because basically you're acquiring him for the right to either let him go or mm-hmm. pay too much money to keep him. Right. I understand the reluctance, yep. and I understand what Houston is trying to do for trading him, mm-hmm. but to me, that guy needs a change of scenery. It's, it would appear that way. Things but, are really Like every got, three months. I was going to say, he needs a change <laughs> yeah, of scenery. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, ben, what about you? Uh, I mean, look, I think that when it, when it comes to the, uh, the players who necessarily didn't get moved, I think Horford's a big one. And yeah. not just because I know you mentioned Atlanta, but I looked at Horford as a piece that actually would change how the Eastern Conference went. I thought that right. he made a lot of sense on Boston. But because he didn't move, I still think the Hawks sit right in that middle of the Eastern Conference, which I think was probably the initiative here was to get out of the middle in one way or another. And there are a lot of teams, and we talked about this a little beforehand, guys, but the way the MLB added an extra wild card, it made a lot of teams feel like they could make the playoffs. Well, now we have this hierarchy in the NBA where the top teams are way high up there, the bottom teams are way below there, and there are 23 teams all vying for, call it, the last four, five, six spots in each of the conferences, so a lot more teams felt like they were closer mm-hmm. to the playoff spots than they actually are, which yep. might make a team like the Hawks more hesitant to trade, Boston more hesitant to make a trade, Houston more hesitant, and we're talking, Houston was a Final Four team last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe they still see themselves in a way that they actually really aren't. And perception I, and reality are everything here. I think it's a great point. I think that would have is why I think Atlanta may have missed a chance mm-hmm. to kind of be the one seller. Yes, I'm going to jump right in. We have a lightning round of yep. Facebook questions <laughs> from the audience. Thank you, Facebook. <laughs> All right. First question from Mallory. I'll give this to, let's go to Prada. Um, biggest team trade losers, the Bulls of inactivity. They like, lose Heinrich, but that's just for, yeah. for trade purposes or cap purposes. You know, I think, yes, that's a team that I think needs, is also sort of in the Atlanta spot. Right. They probably need to kind of look in themselves in the mirror. On the, at the same time, I'm not sure what they, I mean, I guess they could have traded Pau Gasol. Well, was really out there, That yeah. didn't quite go through. Mm-hmm. It's another example of, you know, free pending free agent Ryan Anderson is the same way. True. Teams just don't want to give up that much for those guys. Right. Yep. And other than that, I think they may have asked a little too much for Taj Gibson, but their front court is decimated. They've yeah. got yeah. nothing. They need him. Yep. So I think they're kind of just boxed in in general. It's hard for me to look at them and say they, made a, they missed the big move that they should have made. Ben, uh, can Morris fit in with, well, well, Mike again, <laughs> can Morris fit in with Wall and Beal, play style-wise? Well, that's an interesting one because I think... There's a very interesting player in Markeith Morris somewhere. Someone that's playmaking for, who can defend, who can pass, who's got a great mid-range game, can shoot a bit. Someone you can give the ball to down the block late mm-hmm. in games. I think two years ago he was one of the top clutch players in the league. The problem is that he's got so many bad habits to fix. He takes yep. too many yep. bad jumpers. He doesn't try hard enough on defense. If you really focused him, that guy could be really good for you. You can play the four. You can play the five. You can see why teams like him. But you have to. I just you have to get him focused on what's right. He gives you guys a dimension, though. The Wizards did not have three hours ago. A more athletic guy on the block. Th- that yeah. can go five and be a court spacing five. And Nelly Gortat doesn't necessarily have to match up with call it Tristan Thompson. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's true. No, no, sure. no question. I yeah. mean. If he's locked in, that 
that is great value and yeah. a great contract of a really interesting player. Well, if there's I'm a coach, just skeptical. <laughs> if there's a coach who can get the most out of his guys, it's Randy, um, Randy Whitman. <laughs> Final question. You guys can either one of you field this. The Grizz, very, very active. Yeah. I know you guys have a lot of thoughts about what their current lineup yeah. looks like. How will you evaluate, how do you evaluate their deadline moves? The last team in the world that I'd want to get into a street fight with. Sure. Times a thousand, the first uh-huh. team that I'd want to go get my first tattoo with. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, <laughs> they don't have street fights in the playoffs. They play basketball. That's true, right, fights. which they might not make. But no, I, look, I think the Grizz made an interesting trade. Anytime the that Doc is going to be shopping a guy. And we saw this. Two weeks ago, he started playing Lance Ramped minutes. Right. His minutes started increasing. A little showcase, but just enough to give you a taste. Mm-hmm. And the taste of Lance is kind of appealing. We've seen this in small sure. spurts, even for a full season, uh, with the Pacers. So I think kind of what they needed to get after they lost Courtney Lee was someone, or they traded Courtney Lee, I should say, is someone who can kind of do a little bit more of it. Lance can play point. He can, you know, not play point, but he can bring the ball up. He can be a physical specimen of a two-guard. The best of Lance, yes. The best of Lance. Yeah. And maybe Zebo and, and uh, you know, the, the rest of the supporting cast there, Anderson knew there, you know, they have some veterans who might be able to wrangle him in. So maybe what they're banking on is that they are going to get the best of Lance because, well, we already know what the best of Jeff Green is. Yes. And it comes once every three, four weeks for about a quarter. Yes. Pray yeah. quickly. Any other thoughts to add to the Grizz's day? I'm confused by their, what they're doing. <laughs> I'm confused by why you would trade your one good shooter in Courtney Lee yep, and then true. acquire Lance Stevenson. You, trade, you make one sell move and then you get Lance... You get a first-round pick back. That's nice. Um, but they have incentive to make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, so. right. their pick goes to Denver. Yep. So I guess I'm just not quite sure why they needed – I know, look, they're going to – they need picks. They already lost their, their 2019 pick from the first green trade they made. Mm-hmm. It's nice to get one back. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's a team that should probably have sat out entirely. It would have been better off – at the, at the end of the day, they would have been better off with the team they had than the team they have right now. And I don't think the future stuff they got is good enough. I think I'm very confused by that. Okay. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's all the time we have. Did you have anything quickly? I can give you five seconds. No, that's fine. You're so good? Totally, I'm, what do you have? What do you have? I was just going to ask Mike if Marc Gasol getting injured had anything to do with these moves, but it probably doesn't matter. You know what the answer is? Mm. The answer is go to SBNation.com that's right. that's right. to learn more of, of all sorts of NBA coverage and storylines. They do a terrific job. And he's their editor. Thank you very much for watching either on YouTube or Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the page, like the live show. If you're watching on Facebook and I see you, slap that like button on the Facebook SB Nation NBA page. All sorts of fun content. Thank you, everybody, for watching. 